0: me as well, I just became uh, the associate pastor, youth pastor here just maybe a month ago, and uh, they told me, they said, you're going to take 20 some odd kids to the beach, and you're in charge, and <laughs> <Didn't> know <laughs> what was going to happen, and, and you know, I heard stories of Castle from my home church, and just great experiences, just all these kids come back on fire for God, and I said, man, what happens there, you know, what, what goes on there that these kids just come back so on fire, and just changed and um, I got to see, I got to see that firsthand at, at Caswell. And so honestly, I learned more than I believe the kids did. Uh, the kids were uh, taught me a bunch of stuff, uh, got to know these kids and they're, they're a tremendous group of kids. They're just, they're, they really do love each other. Um, they just, they're there for each other. Um, and they're just, they're just really, really good kids. And I'm just glad and thankful I get to be their youth pastor. Um, but when I was there, I noticed, uh, you know, people would say to me, "Hey, when you drive on, uh, on campus there at Caswell, you feel the Holy Spirit. It's just like it's just like a whole nother world." And I was kind of waiting on that, like we were going to drive through a force field when we went through the gate. Like, you know, everything was just going to like be awesome. And at the same time, you know, I, I felt like maybe that that kind of was happening, but there was no difference between here and Caswell. And let me explain. I believe the reason why these kids started to be transformed by Christ is because they started to surrender their life. They started to surrender the things that they held on to back home, um, the pain and the brokenness, to the things that were so in front of their face and they would worry about and they would think about all of a sudden, for a week at least, went behind them and their focus became Jesus. And so day one, we were preached to and we, worshiped and every day day two day three day four was in the word quiet time and and it was just these kids all of a sudden just started to unfold they all of a sudden they just started the walls started breaking down and and as a as an outsider looking in i was just watching this unfold before me and me and brandon were talking it was just amazing just what god was doing in each one of these kids life and i think the pinnacle was wednesday evening um, after the evangelism service, uh, Wednesday was evangelism day, um, I decided we needed to go outside instead of a classroom to have our quiet time at night time. And when we were outside, um, I shared a little of my testimony and so did Brandon and so did others and then the kids started sharing their testimonies. And then kids started rededicating their life to Christ and, and it was just tears and, and it was just amazing. And I don't know how long we were out there, it seemed like forever, but we weren't going anywhere. Uh, we were gonna stay right there, even with the distractions that were going around. us. kids were coming back from their quiet time, and we were still going. You know, it was getting close to midnight. And we were out there, and kids were just uh, just sharing, but also uh, giving their life to Christ, surrendering their life to Christ, and right right there on the spot. And um, I was I was in awe. You know, if you're not in awe, by God, man, I, I was just I was just just taken back uh, by what was happening. And I would kind of look at Brandon like, Is this? Is this really happening? This is, this is amazing. This is just, I'm just so awestruck by what God was doing in these kids' lives. And um, I just want to say how thankful I am. Caswell, I recommend it. Uh, if, if you've never had your youth go to Caswell, if you're not from, a, from this area or anything like that, Caswell is a must-do. They do a tremendous job out there. And today I'm going to preach on uh, Matthew uh, uh, 7, verses 24 through 27. I give you a little time to get there in your Bible, uh, and we're going to read out that in just a moment. And so Matthew 7 is a very convicting, very convicting uh, word in in Scripture. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is really driving it home. He's really letting you know, look, you've got this way and you've got that way. And I'm going to draw a line and you're going to know, you're going to know after you read these words what you must do. So this this passage of scripture in my Bible here it says build your house on the rock and it's, this is the name of the sermon today build your house on the rock verse twenty four starts everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does them and does not do them will be like a foolish man. ...who built his house on the sand... ...and the rain fell and the floods came... ...and the winds blew and beat against that house... ...and it fell... ...and great was the fall of it. So that's God's word. In verse 24... ...we're going to look at some key words here. Everyone then... ...who hears... ...these words of mine... ...I want you to understand... ...everyone in this room... ...is now hearing not my words... But Jesus' is his words. God's word is being preached to you today, and all in this room can hear me. Those who do them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So understand your house, it's a metaphor for your life. All right? So you're building a house, but it's you're building your life on the rock. And we're not just talking about any rock, we're talking about the solid rock who is Jesus Christ in verses uh, in Isaiah 28:16 and Romans 9:33 and Matt 16:18 was our verse from Caswell Isaiah 28:16 says therefore thus says the Lord behold i am the one who has laid as a foundation in zion a stone a tested stone a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation whoever believes will not be in haste Romans 9.33, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. In Matthew 16.18, which is our Caswell verse, and I tell you, you are Peter, but on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. So understand that this rock is just not any rock. You must understand that if you try to Build your house on anything besides Christ. Build your life on anything besides him. There's consequences to pay, and we're gonna talk about those consequences. So how do, I, how do we build our life on Christ? Well, we must understand that if we're gonna build our life on Christ, it must be on his word. And you say, well, there's some things in God's word that I don't, I'm not really sure about. There's some things that I don't really know whether or not I agree with or not. I wanna tell you something. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is the Word made flesh. So some people will go, well, um, you know, how is that possible? The Bible says so. The Word was made flesh. God's Word is true from beginning to end. So if we have anything against God's Word, that means we are saying that we are not obeying Jesus. So if there's anything in that word that you're saying, I'm just not going to go with that. I don't really like that. That bothers me. You're saying, Jesus, I am not wanting to listen to you. Have a nice day. And you're walking away. All right. He is the word. So I'm going to tell you something right now. Every person in this room has read something in God's word and has been convicted by it, has been bothered by it, has been stirred by it, has been confused by it, has been torn apart by it, has been made whole by it. But I'll tell you what, everyone is a sinner in this world. Every one of us falls short of the glory of God. And it's why God's word will strike us at some point and convict us of our sin. And if we don't do anything about that, well, there's prices to pay. And we're going to talk about that. In Matthew 7, 25, verse 25, it says, And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it has been founded on the rock. The rain, the floods, and the wind are trials of life. Things that are happening to your house, which is your life. So we face death, we face confusion, we face loss of things, uh, money, you name it. When things happen in our lives right, that come against us, right, that is a trial in our life. It's wind, floods, rain. I'm sure when I say a flood happens, some of you guys have suffered from a flood before. I've personally suffered from a hurricane, a category four hurricane, almost five hurricane. In Florida, Hurricane Charlie went right down the center of our community and completely devastated our whole community. So I know what it's like to be through a bad storm, but a physical storm, but we're talking about life storms. And everyone in this room has suffered through a storm and will suffer through some kind of trial, some kind of tribulation. A life that's not built on the solid foundation of Christ will not stand. All right, it will not stand. He who hears and does the words of Christ makes it evident that he or she is a genuine believer and has built his or her house upon the rock, which is Christ himself. So let's look at some words here. He who hears the word, I just said, we're all hearing the word today, with the outward ear, but does Not listen and follow the truth is as one building on sinking sand. So building your house on anything, anything besides Jesus' word is building up your house on a sand. I think about my kids sometimes when I go and tell them something and I say, look, you need to listen to me. It's very important that you don't do this. And they go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I got it. All right, Are you sure? Yeah, I got it. And then they go and do the opposite, right? Well, it's a lot like God's word. God is our father. He's telling us what we need to know, right, so that we can stay in the right place with him. But we're like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds good. And you go and you do something else. We all fall short. Yes, we all fall short. But there are consequences to pay. It says, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. No storm of adverse circumstances, no assaults of the devil can avail to destroy the house that is built on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. How many times am I going to stress that? We're going to stress that a little bit more. Matthew 7, 26. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Notice some similarities here. The foolish man still hears, correct? Correct. We're all hearing the word. It's all being preached right now. And does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Jesus is the word made flesh. Does not, denu- does not do them as denying Christ. He who hears the word with the outward ear but does not listen to and follow the truth is one building his house and sinking and sink. saying. Hearing the word is not enough. We must be doers of the word. Some people would say, well, that's... Uh, that's works-based. Well, you know, we, we were, you know, we're not just supposed to be, do, you know, we're supposed to just do works. We know it's not works-based. But your belief is, your faith and your belief in Christ is proven by your works. So if I said, there's a fire in the building. If you go out that way, you're going to die. If you go out this way, you're going to live. And you run out that door, what's going to happen to you? If you go out this door, what's going to happen to you? You're going to live. Why do people run out that door? Why do people run out that door? Jesus Christ says, if you run that way, you're going to die. That way's wide. A lot of people are going that way. If you go through that door right there, you see that little door? Or better yet, pull that screen up, please. That's the door. That's the door that all must go through. It's the size of a cross and Christ was hanging on it for you, for your sins. That's the size of the door and you must go through that door because he is the door and he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. There is no other way. You will not make it unless you go through that door. But before you go through that door, you must be on your knees, you must repent, you must surrender your life and say, your word is all I'll ever do. You are Lord of my life. I obey you. You are master of my life. On my face, I give you my life. That is the only way you will go through that door. That is the only way to life. You can put it back down. I'm sorry I had to make you do that, but uh, that's just the way God works. Matthew 27, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Kind of sounds pretty similar, right? Well, it still rained, and it's still flooded, and and the wind's blew. So let me tell you something. Just because you are born again in Christ doesn't mean that the floods won't come, the winds won't come, and all the other things won't come. It rains on the just and the unjust. But understand, you have to know, and, and you have to know what your foundation is. And it fell. I want you to underline this in your Bible and it fell. Understand this, we all fall. You might not know the Lord today. You might be sitting in here and saying, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but I want one. And I feel like he's pulling on my heartstrings today, just like these kids said. I feel like he's pulling me to that altar. I feel like I need to do something today. I want you to know you have fallen, I've fallen, we've all fallen. But when you fall down, it's what you do about it. But before you get back up, make sure you get on your knees and you give your life to Jesus Christ. Understand this, if you fall, there's still a way out. At this point, there's still a way out. You still have a chance to be saved. And great was the fall of it means eternity in hell. Great was the fall of it. So if you are here right now and you don't have a relationship with him, you have fallen, yes, but you don't have to stay there. You can fall into the arms of Jesus Christ and he will hold you and he will take you in and he will build a house for you. He will prepare a place for you and you will be in the palm of his hands. You will be a sheep and he is your good shepherd and you will live the rest of your life as him, as your Lord and Savior, as your best friend, as the best thing that ever can happen in your life. When the testing of time comes, the one who has built his hopes for eternity and anything short of Christ himself will come to a disaster. To own him as Lord and obey his word is to build a house that will stand in the wreck of matter and the crash of words. To fail to listen and follow the truth means both temporary and eternal loss. Like I just explained. We're going to go through some scripture here and I'm going to pinpoint some things. I want you to sh- I show you just how. I'm going to prove to you using other scripture in the Bible how true this is. James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, who are we talking about? A wise man and not a wise man, right? Are you a wise man? Let him ask God who gives generously to all without repro- reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person not, should not, must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Are you a double-minded man? Are you a double-minded woman? Are you all in or do you still have one foot out the door? Do you have one foot in the world and one foot on Jesus? Because you can't have both. You must be all in. James 1.19, hearing and doing the word. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear. Slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22. But be doers of the word. Don't just hear the word. But be doers of the word. And not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Don't deceive yourselves not hearers only deceiving yourself if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man who looks in, looks intently at his natural face in the mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like but the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty and, per, and perseveres being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts he will be blessed in doing so i know a lot of you guys look in the mirror i know a lot of you guys look in your phone, right, I do it sometimes, but only if my girls are in the picture, right, take a picture with me, you know, I took some pictures with Bella yesterday, I think my beard just, we need to do something about that, so it feels like it's too, it's too in the way, and, um, but anyway, so you look in the mirror, right, you are looking in the mirror, and imagine that, as soon as you turn around, you forget what you saw, some of you, Hear the word preached to you. You walk out that door and you go, "What did he talk about? What? Is, what are we eating for lunch? Where are we going to go? Cracker Barrel? I don't know. Oishi? I don't know. What? He preached good. You know, he looked good up there. He had a tie on today. Didn't didn't look, you know, too bad. You know, he did good. Man, I just can't remember what the heck he was even talking about. Right? Don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. We're going to look at Matthew seven twenty one. Huh? Listen, we started in verse twenty four, but I just preached about two months ago to the committee on verse seven uh, on verse seven twenty one. And I, and you can't look at scripture and go, oh, what came before and what came after. You've got to look what's before and what's after because that matters. And what I'm preaching to you today is right after the tail end of what I'm about to read to you. So listen, please. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. This is Jesus' words, out of his mouth in the flesh. Let me repeat. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So we can say that he's Lord of our life and we can walk around like Jesus is awesome, but he knows, he knows that you have not surrendered your whole life to Jesus. Why we're hearing testimonies of people saying, there was one time when I was little, but I didn't count the cost. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I just felt like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. But they didn't count the cost. They didn't make sure they understood the gospel. They didn't, they didn't know what it was that they needed to surrender and completely give their life to Christ. He knows your heart. So if it's just with your mouth and emptiness in your heart, it's not true. And I can't sit here today and say that you're saved and you're not saved. I don't know. I'm just a man. But God knows. And if you fear God, then you need to be at this altar giving your whole life, your whole heart. If your heart starts today, you will know that you are with him in his arms. You need to know, and if that doesn't bother you, I'm concerned for your life. I'm concerned for your life. I'm up here preaching the word to you today because I love you, because God called me to be here, because I want to see you in heaven with me, with my family. And these people before you that just said they gave and surrendered their life to Christ, it matters. Today matters that if you walk out that door, that you don't walk out that door down the broad road and you go down the wide road and say, you know, well, you know, that was just awesome. And, you know, he, did, he just, you know, preached some good words and he yelled a little bit. And man, I'm, I'm just on fire. But you're dead in your sin. Please. I'm begging you. And me begging you doesn't even matter. Because unless you surrender, you will not know him. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. If you die and you stand, when you die, I'm sorry, when you die and you stand before Christ and you say, I went house to house and I handed out tracts and I... I even got up on stage and I read some Bible verses and I prayed. God, man, we're brown. Bro- come on, let me in. Nope, nope, nope. Understand the word. Don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. On the great day, there will be, be a separation between the sheep and the goats based on what their work said about their faith. Sheep and goats. Do we have farmers in here? There are similarities i'm sure if you're a farmer you could pick it out right but there are similarities between a sheep and a goat they look very similar very very similar in all churches in all the world even in this room today there are sheep and there are goats we're all sitting we're all hearing the word matthew 25 31 46 says when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him then he will sit on his glorious throne before him will be gathered all the nations, means all, everyone, all people, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. You want to be a sheep. You want to be a sheep. I'm going to play a video. Please watch intently about this. (laughs) дитя <laughs> Yeah, made go away. Oh my Was that cool or what? Oh yeah. <laughs> you will never have this all right, life. in John 10:27 through 30, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. It's funny because yesterday uh, I was at Keith's house and we were looking at his dog Coop and we were talking about how awesome Coop was, and, and Coop's like, Man, even if I got if someone offered me a million dollars for Coop, I wouldn't take it. He said, I love that dog that much. And I was like. Really? we can do a lot of good things, man, for a million dollars. But, you know, and his wife was kind of like, really? You know, and, uh, and he, I think she said, what did you say? Where are you at? She was like, uh, huh? She's in the nursery. And she said, you probably take a million dollars from me over that dog. You know. <laughs> it was just funny, but uh, the moral of the story here is she was trying to call Coop. He was way, a little ways off, and we were throwing a stick to him, and he wouldn't come. She's like, come here, Coopy. You know, doing like, come on. You know, doing that. And he didn't know what I was going to preach about. And so I'm sitting there going, is this really happening? He goes over. Do the call. What is it? Coop, that's what it is. Coop, come. Coop came right to him. I was like, oh my gosh. Man, I know I'm, I'm preaching the right sermon tomorrow. I said, you know, you just did. Let me just tell you what just happened. Man. Keith. Is his master. He comes to his master. They have a relationship, right? Him and Coop have a good relationship. They go running all the time. What do you feed him? You feed him like the best steak and everything, gets his teeth clean, takes him to the dentist. He's telling me all this stuff. And I'm thinking, Man, he's a dog. And I'm like, <laughs> made me feel bad about my dog. You know what I mean? Because I was like, he got a bath like. Five years ago. <laughs> Man, I don't feel bad. I pit, pit my dog when I get home. And um, anyway, long story short, um, Bella said to me uh, when we were watching this video, she said, Daddy, why do the sheep only follow him? I said, baby, that's a good question. I got emotional because I'm, I'm just reliving that sitting at the computer chair watching this video. And, um, and I said, that's a good question. And the Spirit of God came over me. I said, because they love him. They know. They know him. They have a relationship with him. He provides for the sheep. So the farmer, the shepherd, provides for the sheep. Right? And so they know him. They have a relationship with him. He protects them. Takes care of them. He protects them. Right? They have a relationship. So they know when their master calls him. And then they know. They're like, oh, that's my father, that's, that's, my, that's my shepherd, that's my father, that's my, that's my, father. It's my dad, it's, he loves me. And that's who Jesus is to all the sheep. You know when you hear his word, you know when you feel his presence, you know when he says go this way, you're like, and you're going this way, you're like, I'm going to go that way, because he loves me, he takes care of me, he provides me. He, we know this because we have a relationship with him, do you? Do you? And so I'll end with this in closing. John, John 10, says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he does not enter, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way. The man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens the sheep, hears his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, All who come, came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and find pasture. The thieves come only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep on the cross. He laid down his life for you on the cross. For this reason, the Father loves me, and so on, and so on. And I want you to understand, today, this morning, God is tugging at your heartstrings if you don't know him. He is in this room, and he's calling you by name, and you have to respond. He's calling you with a free gift of salvation today. It is a free gift. He paid the price on the cross. He's already done the work. All you need to do is receive it today. He died on the cross for your sins We are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. He must have done it because he was perfect. He was the perfect lamb. He was the perfect sacrifice. And only he could do it. And they took him to the cross, and they murdered him on the cross. They murdered him on the cross, but he willingly went, and they put him in a grave. He was dead, dead in the grave for three days. But after three days, he rose. He came back and lived on the earth for 40 days, and now he is in heaven with the Father, and he's with the Father calling you to himself right now, right now. So let's bow our heads and hearts and let's pray. Lord Jesus, Father, we love you so much. There's no amount of thanks that we can say with our mouth that would express with our hearts how much we love you and we thank you and we thank you and we thank you. Please forgive us when we fail you, Lord. But Lord, there are people in this room that do not know you, Lord. You've put it on my heart to share the gospel, to give an invitation. And Lord, let today, let right now be the day of salvation, Lord, in your name, Lord. If anyone does not know you in this room, Lord, I'm going to ask them to pray to you, Lord. So those of you with your heads and hearts still bowed, If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to say a prayer. But the words are, like we just said, are not as important as your heart. As you surrender in your whole life, your whole heart, your whole everything, everything you own and everything that you have on you and everything inside of you and everything that you know is to be life, you're going to lay it in the palm of Jesus' hands. You're going to give up your whole life. You're going to surrender all the things that you want all the things that you desire and all the things that you've ever done every sin and every burden and every broken piece of your life you're going to surrender it to him you're going to give it all up and he's going to take you in his arms and he's going to wash all your sin away and he's going to give you a new life the bible says that you are a new creation in christ when you surrender to him he's going to make all things new he's been doing it and he's going to continue to do it so pray this prayer lord jesus I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again three days later. I believe that you can save me. You can cleanse away my sin. But Lord, I want to give you my whole life. I want you to be the Lord of my life, which means the boss of my life. means your word, and even though it can hurt me in a way that I feel convicted by my sinful nature, Lord, it's for my good, Lord, and your glory, Lord. And so I'm going to obey all of your words and everything that you say, From this point forward, I want to give you my whole life. I want to put it in the palm of your hand, Lord. Please save me. Please be my Lord. Please be my Savior. Please save me, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.